Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. We stopped last week with the fire falling down and consuming the sacrifice, the water, the rocks, the trough that was built and dug around it. By the way, I read something this week uh, in preparing for this that I just think I ought to bring up right now before we finish reading chapter 18. You know, a lot of people wonder, why in the world couldn't he just pour it on the sacrifice and the wood? Why did he have to have all them barrels of water to pour and even fill up the trough, the moat, whatever, that was around it? Well, there uh, is one commentary that that stated that there were there was a lot of shenanigans going on back then by all the people, priests of the false gods. I can't quite get a visual on this, so I'm just going to tell you, and maybe you can, uh, but they would have, when they would do sacrifices to false dead God, to Baal, they had holes or trenches that was dug like aqueducts from the altar, and they would have them off-site, maybe behind a rock or underneath the ground or something. They would dig through. And then at, at the appropriate time, when all of the, the priests would come up and they would pray to Baal that these people, <laughs> I just got a visual of something else, but these people, uh, these no-gooders, would build a fire in the smoke and it would travel travel up these ducts up under the altar to make it look like that the sacrifice was actually kept and, and this fake false dead God was actually responding. So the word was that uh, Elijah knew about all this nonsense so he wanted to make sure that the boys down under or off to the side was going to get drenched, every, all the troughs, all the water. There was no way for nothing to travel up. Because, see, when you don't serve a real God, when you're not really in the spirit in church, you have to work up the fire. But when you know Jehovah God, the fire will always fall down. You don't ever have to work it up. Amen. You don't ever have to work it up. And you don't have to, you know, I, I, I'm about to get into something here. And I, I you know, I, I, all these people are going to, a lot of people I have uh, different opinions, don't care about them, don't have time to entertain them. But you don't have to work up anything. You don't have to work up uh, teaching somebody how to speak in tongues. You don't have to work up. Telling somebody you're healed when they're about to die in pain, just believe it, or you don't have faith. That's why you you ain't got to work nothing up. If God's in it and God's real, God don't need anything but your faith and obedience, church. 
He don't need your smart, arrogant, prideful mouth. He don't need your opinion or what you learn at that church or what you heard that preacher say. All that God needs is you and your body and your faith. That's all he needs from me. That's all he needs from you. He don't need me to get down here and help. Say it, say it, let go, hold on. Y'all know all those shenanigans. I can't read one in Acts chapter 2. Just go sit and wait. That, that was it. That was it. I'll do the rest. And he did the rest and the fire did what? Was it worked up or did it fall like cloven? To, it fell. And it's still falling today to those that will just do what God says to do. Now I'm going to preach, okay? Okay, thank you. So, I just want to make sure, because as hard as I try to preach and teach and study and pray and many, many, many other ministers, there's that many wolves in sheep's clothing that's trying to keep the church mesmerized and hypnotized and away from the power of God so that we are absolutely no threat to the devil. That's why people want to play it safe in churches. That's why people don't want to preach or teach or just follow the narrative of the media and, or, or the current Christian culture. I'm telling you right now, Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace. I came as a rock of offense, and I'm going to come into my own, and my own's going to receive me not. And if I don't go behind that podium and start preaching right now, I'm going to keep doing this right here. So for the sake of all of us, I just want you to know I love you and we're going to look in the Word of God. We're not going to play games in the house of God. Prayer starts tonight at 5.30 and it's also 6.30 Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be different than it's ever been before. And I realize only the people, I don't mean this offensive, this is not a threat to make you feel bad. Only the people that's looking with their lamps trimmed and full of oil are going to ever show up for prayer. And that is how I knew that would go over right there. No hand claps, no amen, but it's the truth. And that Bible right there from Genesis to Revelation backs up what just come out of my mouth. I don't have to come to church. I can pray at home. You are already rebellious to the Word of God. I told you I should have went behind the pulpit a while ago. The Bible says, as you see the day approach, everybody in this church almost clapped or raised your hand when I said the trumpet's about to sound. He's about to come back. So that means you think you see the day approaching or you say you do. If you see the day approaching, you're not going to forsake the assembling of yourself even when it comes to prayer. God help me today. So, not here to work anything up. He's still God. He's the same God yesterday as he is today, as he is, and will be tomorrow and forever. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go directly to verse 41. And we're going to see what happened. Uh, you know, confirmation is a great thing. And Ed didn't know it, and I made sure I told him because he's serving upstairs right now. But I made sure I told him our 915 prayer uh, what he talked about, I said, Ed, you don't know it and you won't be out there, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's exactly what I'm preaching about today. So, uh, will y'all bear with me today? I just need you to bear with me. I'm trying to follow and we'll, want to follow. I'm not interested in me or nothing else. I want to follow the leading of the Lord this morning. 
uh, because I, I, I'm no good to you or us. But if I'm out of the way and I just let God do what God wants to do, first of all, God will be glorified and the whole body of Christ will be edified. So my mind's no good. My knowledge of Bible school is no good right now. The only thing that's good that if I just obey what God says to say right now and I leave my opinions or tactics or anything else uh, at home. So I want to start by telling you that what I just said about prayer was really just a raw, raw, raw truth of an introduction to what we're going to look at. It's just what it is. Um, so Elijah, this had just happened with the prophets. Because you know it hadn't been raining for a long time. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't ask you the question yet. Are you ready for the word of God? You might not be ready after all that, but are you ready for the word of God? Okay. Well, give the word of God, not me, a great big hand. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you. Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. A sound. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth put his face between his knees. There's a sound of abundance of rain. I'm trying to take my time and be very obedient. But I want to tell you that when God hadn't moved, or so it seems, in a long time, one thing that you will have to come to grips with as a believer and a child of God, that God will still let you hear Him or what He's doing because He said, my sheep know my voice. We haven't read any more of these passages yet. However, Elijah had already said, go tell Ahab that there is a sound a sound of rain. Now that's, if you're not familiar with this, that won't mean a whole lot right this minute. But just give us about four or five minutes here. Because he said, out of faith, you go tell Ahab that there is a sound of rain. The more you follow God, the more you will be full of faith. The more you follow God. Because everything about God is embodied in faith. No evidence, no warning, no anything a lot of times. It's just God and you and what God's doing. Everything about me, 
everything about you and everything about world, the world outside of faith is all about flesh. I got to see it. Thomas proved that in the New Testament. I've got to see it. I've got to uh, know how it's all going to play out. I've got to be able to put my hands on it because I don't want to make a fool of myself. And so everything about us apart from faith is all about our flesh. Anybody see that, by the way? Because you're going to base that. I'm trying to preach, but I might teach some. You're trying to base all that on previous and prior experiences. Well, can I just say something that the Holy Ghost is just putting in my heart right now? You can't do that, and I can't do that unless it's the faithfulness of God. You can't do that based on when you prayed and it didn't happen or it, it got worse and nothing ever changed because you may not have been living in full faith back when you prayed it the first time. You may have been playing around with God, flirting with the world, or trying to serve two masters. So you shouldn't look back there because you wasn't too good yourself back there, and neither was I. But when you walk with God, you're going to find yourself more in the faith of God, and you're going to hear stuff nobody else is hearing. Well, how can you say that, preacher? I can say that because if his servant, Gehazi, if his servant, or no, I'm sorry, if Elijah's servant had heard that, then he wouldn't have had to tell him, I hear the sound of rain. He'd have said, boss, master, uh, I hear rain, I hear thunder, I hear a storm, I hear clouds. No, nobody heard it but the man of God. So the more you walk in faith, the more you're going to hear stuff that only God knows about than anybody else. Because it's all a walk of faith. The moment that you get off of the faith highway, you enter the flesh highway. No promises there. So Ahab went up to eat and drink just like Elijah told him. And Elijah went all the way up to the top of Carmel and cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, this is the servant now, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. So Elijah said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So number one, real quick, if you go all the way back to verse 40, 41, you will see this, that while some are celebrating, others will pray. Elijah prayed 
while Ahab was eating and drinking. Well, he told him to do it. Yeah, but I'm telling you right now, I'd still pray while I was eating and drinking. So, not everybody, again, I got to do this. You don't understand. I got to stand before a holy God one day. And I've got to get to a place in ministry in my walk. Never know when my last day on earth is. My last message could be this message. I've got to get above the thing that I'm worried about how you're going to talk about me at lunch today. All right? I don't mean that in any kind of condescending way. And I've got to say this part again. Some people are going to sit at home today at 530. But some people understand we ain't had rain. This place is full of hell on earth in Scotland County alone. This is a sick society we live in. They are, uh, uh, they are just massacring children in school and hiding it from their parents, dismissing school officials and teachers if they tell their parents that children are taking medicine to change them from a boy to a girl. I know this sounds kind of steep, but it's happening in your world right now, church. We're living where there's almost a new death or a murder or an attempt to drive by murder in little old 30,000 population populated Scotland County alone. There was a major drug bust right down the road here this week with about 15 cop cars cleaning out a local pharmacy, if you know what I mean, down the road. So when, when, when will the church understand? It's not time to sit at home and watch TV and let a few people go to prayer. It's time for me to hunker down, put some oil in my lamp, and I've got to pray. we got to quit playing games with God and still begging him like he's a Santa Claus or a genie in a bottle just when we need something or our young'uns is in a bind. And yeah, I want to say it like that. You got to wake up. If you are the bride of Christ, you're going to look like the bride of Christ and my God, you're going to live like the bride of Christ. Church, I'm telling you, the trumpet's going to sound sooner than you think it is. And a lot of people are going to scratch their head. But I'm going to tell you who ain't going to scratch their head. Somebody that sees the handwriting on the wall and knows we don't have time to play games because the devil in this world ain't playing games. So, some people's going to eat. Some people's going to have that extended Sunday nap. And don't look at me like I just stepped on your toes. You know what I look forward to every Sunday, by the way, after getting up at 5 and 5.30 on Sunday mornings? I look forward to putting my pajamas on, getting in my recliner, falling asleep on the first or second extra church service that I go to. I'm not trying to draw attention. I live in the same world you do. Come to the same church where I'm going to try my best to figure out how to get 40 things done before I come to preach. Yeah, I'm ready to take me a nap. But the Bible says my house shall be called a prayer, house of prayer, and today is the day of salvation. It's time to pray, church. It's time to pray. It's just time to pray and seek God, call on Him while He may be found because He's near us right now. 
Second thing is prayer will take you out of your comfort zone. Elijah got down. I can't do it because my gut, and I'm out of shape, but put his head between his knees. Real prayer will literally take you out of your comfort zone. We got two brand new nice Holy Ghost altars right here at this church. And can I just make an announcement right now? This is not furniture. This is tools. This is the workbench. This is the area of sacrifice where you come and you don't restrain your lips, you don't hold back your hands, you don't hold back the air in your lungs or the breath that I breathe. You come to this workbench right here and you work it for God. You give God your voice. It's in Him I live, move, have my meaning with everything that hath breath. Let it praise the Lord. And you got two brand new orders to do it on, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Real prayer will get you out of a green chair. Let me do it. I hope this ain't my flesh. I can pray in this chair and God hears me. I'm glad God didn't say, well, I can just sit in this temple and die for the people's sins. Real prayer and obedience are inseparable. Notice. Head between the knees, then the instructions were given to give. Thank you, Holy Ghost. After he got out of his comfort zone, and you know what? What we just read last week, it didn't say he got down, put his head. I'm, I'm talking about fire to come down and burn up all that. All that water, that big miracle, we, we just discussed some more. He didn't do that, prayed 62 words, but he, he didn't get down here and do all that. But he's praying for rain. He's praying. And you see, I, I think it's really worth me bringing out again and saying to all of us that when you make a move toward God, when you say, God, no, I want to pray until it hurts. Yeah, I got a bad everything. But if I'm going to have a bad everything, it's the same bad everything when I'm sweeping my floor, when I'm grocery shopping, when I'm making up the bed, when I'm watching TV. It's still that. So if I'm going to hurt and everything's going to bust, it's going to be for my God, my Lord, my Savior. And when you do that, when you do that, when you do that, there's no telling what God will tell you in that moment. When his head was between his knees in a very uncomfortable prayer position, that's when God told him to go and look. So see, you can't separate obedience. You can't. You cannot separate it. When you pray... You have to obey. Go and look. By the way, he went up. 
the mountain. I'm not going to go up this mountain. But when he went up the mountain, why aren't you going up the mountain? Because I just tried to put my head between my knees three times to illustrate to you, I can't do it. My gut's hurting and I'm out of breath. That's why I ain't running up them steps right now. So, when he did this, church, see, he was already at the top. But if you go to the top of Mount Carmel, I mean the very top where you stand up and look out, the very tip top, you can look the one direction and you can see the Mediterranean Sea and you can look at the other direction and you can see Jezreel. You heard me talk about the valley of Jezreel. You, you can see both. And so when he got in the prayer position, that's when, hallelujah, God spoke and said, this is what has to happen next. So real prayer and obedience in your life, in my life, it's inseparable. Real prayer, this is the fourth thing. If you're writing it down, it doesn't matter. Just listen today and put it in your heart so you won't sin against God. Real prayer, church, is relentless. Say that with me. Real prayer is relentless. All right. You ain't going to have no lights, but here we go. Man, I don't see nothing, but he told me to come up here. Did what you tell I did what you told me to do. But God ain't done nothing. Go again. Mediterranean. You see, when God tells you to do something, uh, you gotta have faith got to have faith because you know what? Servant might not have had an ounce of faith. Servant just had to do what he was told to do. So you cannot base your faith on somebody else's. So I went. I went again. I ain't seen that. Go again. Three times. Oh, boy. It's starting to get rough. I'm embarrassed to go tell him. God ain't moved. I'm embarrassed to go pray for them again. God told me to pray for them in church the other day, and I didn't pray for them. Because I prayed for them, and they still walk like that. Still got that problem in their marriage. God told me to do it, and I'm Telling him it didn't work. Hallelujah. It didn't work. It didn't work. He said seven times. Seven times. Seven times. Uh, you see. You obey God long enough, one of the things you got to watch out for is when you don't see God moving. First time, second time you pray, third time, every, every time you pray, 
your enthusiasm. Your enthusiasm kind of lowers down. And the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. It also says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I went, and I believed, I believed that it was going to happen that time because we had a great church service. He said, seven times. So, uh, God, I hear about what's going on in Asbury. hear about what's going on in Lee University. heard about what's going on in that other church, and I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. I've been serving on the praise team a long time. I've been paying my tithes since I since I got a job when I was 13 years old in the peach orchard. And I don't understand it. It saved my life. Lo, I'm with you always. Even to the end of the age. It's dead. I told you I, two weeks ago, I talked to you about dead. Everything dead. Dead, dead, dead. It was like death. And God spoke. But you ain't done everything God said to do. God said seven times. And you just stopped because you got disgusted. You got mad. Because God, you didn't do it. And uh, I seen you healed. Oh, Lord, thank you, God. I seen you do more in people's life. There's a whole lot less faithful than I am. Don't serve, don't give. Ain't nothing over there anyway. Seen you do it all around me. I've heard all these other pastors talk about growth. How God's moving in their midst and how things are just working and working and working and working and working. And God, what in the world? I stepped out of a place, Lord, and I did what you told me to do with a four-year-old daughter and a brand-new house. And what in the world am I doing here, God? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you told me to do it. You told me to do it, Lord. Yeah, but I told you to keep doing it too. Hallelujah. I didn't tell you to stop. I didn't tell you to stop. Servant, I never told you to stop. He said seven times. And so get to that place in our walk with the Lord and not doing it because God says do it. We're doing it because we don't want somebody to get mad at us. Want somebody else to talk about it. So we do it anyway. And you know, God, you said seven times. You said keep praying. You said I come and prayed on Sunday and ain't a thing happened, Lord. I went and they were mean to me. Whoa. Whoa, God. Lord. You don't understand. You don't understand. 
I see a cloud. It's the size of a man's hand. It ain't big, but I see a cloud. I see a cloud. I see a cloud. I see a cloud. And it's coming up right out of the middle of the Mediterranean. I see a cloud. You don't see a cloud on one time of praying. You don't see a cloud on two times or three or five or six. But when God says seven, what does he tell us to do with forgiveness? Seventy times seven in a day. What does he tell us to do with the Sabbath? He says remember it. Keep it holy. When God tells us to pray, 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 pray without ceasing. The very first time, hallelujah, Naaman dipped in the water. God had the power to make him free of leprosy. But that ain't the case. God sent his man to say dip seven times. He dipped six times and nothing happened. But there's just something about when you obey God, when you don't have any evidence, you just do it anyway because you know he's still God. And on that seventh day, seventh time, every bit of the leprosy left his body. And the Bible says he became like a little baby. His flesh was so clear and soft. And the devil wants you to stop at time one. He wants to tell you how it all fell apart when you fasted, how it all went south when you trusted the great I am and he was nowhere to be found. But God says, if you'll just knock, if you'll pray without ceasing, if you will trust me with all of your heart, soul, and mind, I'm going to say David's words again. I've never seen the righteous. Righteous people pray. I've never seen them Forsaken are their seed begging bread in church today. It's time for me and you to re-engage once again in the most blessed thing God's ever given you. It's not your family. It's not your house. It's not your ability. But it's the holy of holies that you can walk into and you can pray to a holy God unrestricted and you can pray all day long if you want to. So this morning, this morning, all over this church, all over this church, it might happen when you pray 62 words, but it may not happen when you pray 62 words. It might happen the first time you do what God says to do, but it may not happen till seven times of obedience. We'll never know what that servant contemplated or even said going and looking all those times. Possibly until we get to heaven. But none of that matters as long as you don't quit before the seventh one. You know, I heard a message a long time ago. The Holy Ghost just reminded me. True story. Uh, Jensen Franklin, uh, pastor in Georgia, told about, talked about the quit option. Might be Navy SEALs, don't know, or Rangers, don't know who it is. But anyway, after being out there, at any time, 
Anytime you just don't, you don't want to do it no more. You, you got a quit option. All you got to do is just go ring that bell and your life will change immediately. There'll be a vehicle that'll come pick you up. First thing that'll happen, you go get a nice hot shower and a warm plate of food. You won't be able to serve in that area of the military. But at least you were able to quit. One man went all the way through it. Don't have all the details here, but I do have the, the context you and I need today. Went all the way through six times, six times, doing without food, sleeping, uh, swimming in snake-infested water, depraving and depriving his body of everything, sleep and everything else. And right at the last minute, right at the last minute, had that quit option and rang the bell. The, the truck came and picked him up and took him. I forgot how many hundreds of feet to the finish line. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't I still pass? Don't I still get that? That reward, don't I still get to be a part of that team? No, because you quit. Right when you were at the finish line. Church, the devil has a quit option for every one of us out here. It's through affairs. It's through money. It's through pride. It's through things in this world. There's all kinds of things to get you to quit coming to church, to quit tithing, to quit serving. And most of all, to quit praying. It don't work. God doesn't answer. There's a lot of people out there today telling you that miracles don't work. There's all kinds of things. But I got some wonderful news straight out of the Bible. I've already said it, by the way. He's the same God that sent fire from heaven on that sacrifice. He's the same God, hallelujah, that loved you enough to send his only son to die for your sins. He's the same God that in 1997 said, I don't care what's happened to you. Go build a church in the shape of Noah's ark. And this is as close as we got cause of property. He's the same God that when I didn't know what I was going to do next, because I was squirreled up in the floor, about to lose my mind, came to my rescue. He's the same God. And all you got to do is pray, 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 pray. Say, God, I got to have you. I don't want church. I don't want religion. I'm not looking for a blessing. I've just got to have you. If you will pray the six times, the six times, the fifth time, the 25th time, pray until God shows you and speaks to you and does what he wants to do in your life. Because God, listen church, God, this is the Bible, God will perfect that thing that concerns you. What do you mean by that? I can say it like this. He who started a good work in you will be faithful until the day of completion. You're not here 
teeter-tottering through this world, just trying to wait on your next batch of instructions. You take instructions other than the Word of God, you are up the creek, by the way. I've told you hundreds of times it feels like, turn your TV off and listen to what God is saying. God's still speaking. God's still moving. God's still answering prayer. Dead are still coming back to life. Blind eyes are still being opened. Deaf ears. God touched Lila in the name of Jesus Christ right now. God in the name of Jesus is still doing great and mighty things that we know not of. But I can stand up with you. We got we to pray. We got to pray today. The words of the Lord, Psalm 12, says this. The words of the Lord are pure words. Say pure words with me. They're not dirty. They're not backed by money. They're not backed by uh, greed. They're not backed by a hidden agenda. You live in a world that has nothing going on but a hidden agenda, by the way. By the way, I, I'm going to finish reading this scripture, but I feel like maybe I need to say this. God, help me say it so you'll receive this. We're not ignorant of his devices. I've quoted it two, three decades now. But if, if you think that word coincidence is a real thing. Friend, I love you. You're wrong. So here I go before I go back to verse 6. How many balloons do you think are a coincidence? How many train derailments that you do and you don't know about are a coincidence? How many spills? How many shortages? How many 96 food factories in two years can be burned down? I, I can stand here for a while and talk about how, how much still can happen in this world and the body of Christ. Well, that's just a coincidence. That's odd that that happened. So we're not of the night. We're of the day. I'm not here. Uh, you know, you hear all these words, conspiracy theory and all that. Can I tell y'all something? That didn't just come up since COVID. Uh, our algorithm is changing as we speak on all the social media platforms, but I don't care about algorithms. Uh, but let me tell you this. What was I saying, by the way, just then? Anybody listening? I don't need to say it then. Shoot. Okay. Oh, coincidence. Listen. It's no coincidence at all. This is why we got to pray. We're about to pray. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Surprise. We're going to pray. It's no coincidence, church, what's going on and has gone on in our world. Do you know that the term... Uh, conspiracy theory or theorist 
That dates all the way back to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not said like that. But the definition of what it means goes all... I learned this in Bible college 30-something years ago. Didn't call it conspiracy. Uh, I will tell you just one of them. There are several theories that surface. I'm going to tell you one you'll remember. I'm going to tell you one that you may not know about. One of the theories was called a swoon theory. Meaning that Jesus, after all that torture, he really didn't die. Swoon. He just fell asleep. And the disciples come and they stole his body away and they were never able to find it again. Conspiracy theory. I hope nobody in here believes that. that that's true. One that's straight in the Bible, almost verbatim, is this. Uh, Willie's body's not there. But we'll pay you guards. See, they used to kill them if something happened to prisoners. But they said, whoop, ain't killing these. We're just going to give you all large sums of money. And if anybody asks you, you tell them that's what happened. Anybody read that in the Bible, by the way? Yeah, yeah, it's in there. Okay. So what am I getting at with all this kind of stuff? I'm telling you one more time. Hallelujah, one more time. That... The most powerful thing you have in your Christian walk is the most forsaken thing. See, you'll come to church, people will go to church because of our conscience. And we don't want nobody asking where we are. Amen. But praying is something that happens in the house of God and all week long outside of the house of God. Pray without ceasing. Now, the rest of verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified up seven times. So I could get happy again, but God's helping me right now to just to say it like this. It might be that God allows you to pray. Hallelujah. I can do that. God might be allowing you to pray seven times, brother or sisters or church or people that's watching, not because he's trying to scold you for something you didn't do. Maybe it's God just sending you up the steps that's wearing you out seven times because he's purifying you. And you ain't going to get pure the first time or the second time. You're not going to be as valuable as you could be without going through it seven as silver. The scripture you just read as purified seven times. Maybe that's why God didn't answer. God didn't respond. It wasn't there. It didn't happen the first four or five years I've been praying this thing. But if you will just, hallelujah, hold on to the horns of the altar, pray without ceasing, God, I know you're faithful, I know you're mighty, I know you're strong, I know you're true, I know you are not a partial God, that you love me as much as you love Paul, John the Baptist, Mary Magdalene, you love me, God, so you're only going to do that thing that's good for me. And it might just be seven times of you praying to God before he gets you where you need to be. Let's pray right now, church. Everybody, hey, I'm going to be redneck. It ain't chicken. Come to the altar. 
Hallelujah. Why are you doing that? You put me on the spot? No, I ain't. That's the Holy Ghost. It's called good old-fashioned conviction. Yep. I tell you what, Derek, I don't want us to play anything today. In fact, we can turn the lights on. Time to get real. Time for us just to pray. Time for us. You don't have to play a track. I want the voices of the people praying loud, praying. If you've got to get somewhere because you don't want nobody to hear you pray out loud, get somewhere so nobody don't hear you. But it's time for the people of God because we claim to have the victory. It's time for us to shout like the championships. It's time for us to pray like our God is a mighty God. Our God is a consuming fire. Our God, hallelujah, is peace in the middle of a storm. Our God is a way maker. He makes a way when there is no way. Hallelujah, rises up from an empty grave. There ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let's pray, pray, pray. Oh, God, we bless you today. We worship you today in this house. We thank you, God, that there is not a valley you can't meet us in. Lord, there is not a drought that you cannot, hallelujah, put the cloud there, Lord. Today, God, we put our hearts and our minds and our lips, our focus on you, Lord. We look to you, God, and we pray right now in the name of Jesus, oh God, that you would have your way in our midst, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are able to do more than we'll ever pray. You're worthy of all our praise, God. You're worthy of all of our attention, God. You're worthy of all our strength. You're worthy of all our might. God, we bless you today. We thank you, God, that you can save. We thank you, God, that you can do something about our community that just seems to be so violent, Lord, and so drug-infested. We thank you, God, that you are not a dry God, that you can pour rain in this house right now. We thank you, thank you, thank you, God, hallelujah, that very soon you're going to give Jesus, hallelujah, the captain of our soul, the signal to call us home, Lord. We thank you this morning, God, hallelujah, that when we pray, our God, hallelujah, we don't have to have tricks, God. We don't have to have plots and ploys and plans, God. All we got to do is Call on Jehovah Jireh, the one that provides God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name today, God. We worship Jehovah. Hallelujah. We worship you, King of kings, Almighty One of Israel. We worship you today. God, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord. I pray that the body of Christ, hallelujah, would reflect the glory of God, hallelujah, through holy living and prayer and praise and through unity, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that every sinner, hallelujah, would surrender to you today, God, in full repentance and allegiance, oh God. I pray right now, God, that every home that's in this sanctuary, God, would be a holy home, God. It would be homes where praises go forth, Lord, where there's love, God, where there's a hunger for you, Lord. I pray, God, that we would cry out to you for revival, Lord. I pray, oh God, hallelujah, that when we leave and we go to our own abodes, Lord, we go to work, we go to school in the community, God, that Jesus would be evident in our lives, oh Lord.
Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner and you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission and you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast. And we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.